Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have each and every one of you here this morning. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the hymnal number 815. Psalm 66, beginning with verse 8. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has persevered our lives, excuse me, he has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. And we went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is hymn number 305, Jesus Paid It All.
Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, Lord, on this Palm Sunday, and some also have referred to tomorrow being Palm Monday, in terms of your triumphal entry into Jerusalem that began what we have known as Passion Week and all of the events that led up to your crucifixion, to your death, to your burial, and then, Lord, next Sunday we celebrate your resurrection because the tomb is empty. And, Lord, as we just pause and think about those events, Lord, we feel ungrateful that you should have died that way for each and every one of us individually. We don't deserve it. We deserve your judgment. We deserve your wrath. But Lord, instead, you have given us your grace and your love and your mercy and your compassion. And God, we praise you for that and the quietness of our hearts and our minds and we just say thankful and how thankful we are for that. And Lord, it is in that reverence, it is in that adoration that we come before you with the needs and requests that we have, challenges that we are facing on a daily basis, the things that we are trying to overcome, the lives that we are trying to lead as best as we possibly can for you. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the strength that we need to have. Lord, we think of family members and of friends, those that have needs that you call to mind right now through the presence of your Spirit in our lives. And God, we lift them up to you in prayer. Lord, for people that you are calling to our memories right now, Lord, we, we grieve for them. We feel for their hurt. We feel for their pain. Lord, we'd ask that your presence of your Spirit in their lives would touch them and give them the healing that they need to have. Whatever it might be, Lord, you know those that need healing right now. And God, we just lift them up to you and ask that you would just heal them. In the same way, Lord, so many times we ask you to heal our pain and our grief and our anguish and our hurts and our pain. And God, we are so thankful that we just come together collectively as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful that your Son taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 310, Lead Me to Calvary. Lest I forget thy form from God, lead me to 
And I know we all have family members and friends and co-workers that they too, that they too need to come to know Christ as their personal Savior, as we have. And as we celebrate on this Palm Sunday, and I was just mentioning in my prayer earlier that some commentators have actually considered the time that Jesus actually entered into Jerusalem was actually on Monday, and the commentators were kind of in a joking way, but also in a serious way, saying that we should actually celebrate Palm Monday instead of Palm Sunday. Because on Sunday of that week, the beginning of that Passion Week, Jesus was actually in Bethany. He was actually at the house of Lazarus because he had raised Lazarus from the dead and people had come out of the city of Jerusalem, hundreds, perhaps even thousands of people, to see what had happened. They wanted to see Lazarus because they know that he had died and that he had been raised to, from the grave, that he had been raised from the dead. So part of that Passion Week, and as we begin on that Sunday, was the beginning of that, that, that time when people came out of Jerusalem into Bethany to visit Lazarus because he had been raised from the dead, and they heard about it, and they wanted to see for themselves. In fact, the Pharisees at that time was actually conspiring, according to the Gospels, that they should also kill Lazarus as well not just only Jesus, because of the testimony of Lazarus' life, the fact that he had been raised from the dead by Jesus Christ. So anyway, a little kind of sidebar there in terms of as we celebrate Palm Sunday, maybe it should be Palm Monday. And we should celebrate what Christ had done in Bethany with the wonderful miracle that he performed by, la- by raising Lazarus from the dead. But my purpose today is to remind us that as we go through the Passion Week and as we celebrate different things, in fact, I was reminded uh, this morning when I came into the office of the note that we do our crosswalk. Uh, We do our our morning crosswalk on Friday mornings over here in the park, and we go through the different stations of the cross. I was reminded that we're going to be doing that on Friday morning. And as I thought about the times that we have done that over the last couple of years, it was kind of an interesting time as we, as we go through that and we go through the different stations of the cross and what Jesus went through uh, before he was crucified. But the purpose of all of those things that I'm talking about this morning is to have you focus on the fact that all of these events that take place during Passion Week In fact, the hymns that we've sung are actually part of what would be considered a Good Friday service. And I always think it's interesting that we call it Good Friday because that's the Friday that Jesus died. So why is it a Good Friday? It should be a bad Friday, right? But anyway, that's another another commentary in their event. But it's a Good Friday in the sense of us, right, because of Christ's death, you and I have entered into that relationship with God. But what's important, it's his death, his burial, and resurrection. It's the complete package that you and I have obtained salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But the focus of this morning, and I have preached on this passage before, but I want us to focus on the part of the passage, the second part of the the verses there in 8 and 9, 
where it specifically talks about that we are to think about those things that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, and that in doing so, we achieve a peace of thinking about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And I can't think of anything more praiseworthy than all of the events during this Passion Week that reminds us of how excellent God's love is for us. And within that excellence of that love, you and I, you and I, are to have peace in our lives. Not turmoil, not conflict, not anxiety, but you and I are to have peace. Because if you and I do not have peace, if you and I do not exhibit peace within our lives, then we are truly not focusing on those things that are excellent or praiseworthy. We're truly not focusing on what God has done for us, to us, in such a positive way that we should have peace. Now, it doesn't mean that all conflict and irritability and all those kind of annoying things that do take place in our lives, and I would be the first one to tell you that I get annoyed frequently. In fact, if I just put a penny in a jar every time I got annoyed during the day, I probably would be a very wealthy man right now. But we do have those things, those minor things within our lives that annoy us that, like, okay, this is annoying. But it's those kind of things that God wants us to look at with a laugh and say, hey, it's okay, it's not a big deal here, and I'm going to have peace because I'm not going to think about the annoying things. I'm going to think about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy that have taken place in my life that are taking place right now in my life and that are going to be taking place in the future. And then it seems at times that our world seems to be in conflict and we seem to be in conflict with it. But that's not where God wants us to be. God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be still and know that He is God and God of our lives. He wants us to have a peace of mind. And there are certain things that create anxiety within my life, and if I had one of those watches like Lynn has, I probably, my heartbeat would probably raise a couple times every day, being annoyed with things and people and emails and what I would say uh, stupid things. In fact, just a sidebar here for fun, I saw on social media, it was a picture of Baby Yoda and it was talking about how to tell people that they're stupid in a nice way. 
and the quote goes something like this basically it says I can see that you have outrun wisdom when it was trying to catch you think about that you've been able to outrun wisdom when it was trying to catch you so that's a nice way to tell people that they're stupid so if Lynn ever tells me that I've been outrunning wisdom and it hasn't caught me yet I'm like okay she's telling me that I've been stupid about something <laughs> there you go so. but within our own lives God wants us to have that peace and when we reflect on the Passion Week when we reflect on Palm Sunday when we reflect on the events that take place that you and I uh, celebrate in a good positive way in the end because the end state is a victory the end state is a celebration and it's where the, conv- the, the, the convergence as you say convenience the convergence of history meets at Christ's week in terms of where history has a new beginning and history transitions from considered the old to the new we still maintain the Old, because the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures are very much a part of our lives. But there's a transition there. There's a change because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That that convergence of that event is something that is of historical significance for the entire world. Something to also ponder in the bigger scope of things. But we look, we look at lives more times than not through our individual lives, which is the way it should be, because we do that. But there are bigger things that are going on outside of our sphere of influence that we do have influence on, but God tells us, don't be concerned about those things. Do those things that you have to do, carry out those responsibilities that you have, but let my will work in your life, let my will work in the world's life. And we have to trust God that God will do that and that all things will work out according to His purpose, according to His will. Even though we may have a lot of individual questions, there's a part of us that we are to trust and we are to have faith believing that all things will work out the way that they're supposed to. But in that process, God wants us to have a peace. He wants us to have a peace of mind. And how do we look at the things that have taken place during Passion Week and look at those things that are excellent, that are praiseworthy? Well, I think when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we see a couple of things. The fact that His entire life is the fact that he wants to show and demonstrate God's love for all of us, for the entire world. And within that process, he gives us a roadmap, a way that we are to live our lives. And we get caught up in the things of the world, we get caught up in what the world says we're supposed to have and all of those things. And all of us are guilty of that. All of us see the wonderful things that the world has and say, well, I want to be a part of that. I want to have that. I've got I to gotta need that. I want that. 
But the Apostle Paul reminds us that as he is talking about his life and who he was as a Jew and how he was set apart in terms of his credentials, in terms of identifying, in terms of who he was, that all of those things that he did, whether it was his understanding of the scriptures, was it his birthright as a Jew, all of those things that he did religiously, keeping the law and all of those things. He says that all of those things is rubbish, trash, dung, manure. All of those things that he did for himself has nothing to do with true life, with true peace. All of those things in exchange for what Christ has done for us. It's all dung. It's all manure. So one of the things that I want us to process, that I have been processing over the last couple of days, is the things within our lives that truly we need to set aside. To give us that peace. And it comes down to two things, our crosses and our losses need to be set aside, need to be forsaken, need to be in our minds pictured as rubbish, as dung, as trash, as manure. Because the sum total of those things will add up to what? Absolutely nothing in our lives. Zip, zero. But yet, I don't know about you, but I I find myself hanging on to those crosses and losses, and God says, no, let them all go. Forsake all of those things, because all of those things that you have strived for, that you consider a loss, all of those things that you consider some kind of cross that you had to bear, is nothing. It's rubbish. It's trash. It's garbage. It's refuge. And if you think about that, just that whole concept, you say, wow. And then you think about the fact that spiritually a wonderful exchange takes place. The fact that we take our crosses and our losses, that garbage that we have hold on to so much, all of those things that upset us and beset us and create anxiety and all of those things, create the fear that we have. And when we set them all aside, that garbage, that trash, that manure, that dung that it represents, and we exchange that for the life that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, the life that he wants us to have now through his forgiveness and his love and his grace and his compassion and his mercy and the life that we are to have in eternity. And I don't know about you, but I can only say those things that are praiseworthy to me. And what comes to mind is Abba Father, you know, that that whole personal relationship that God wants us to have, that personal relationship that we have now because we have made that exchange, that we have accepted Christ, 
as our own personal Savior within our own lives. And we say, wow, God, how excellent and how praiseworthy is that. And when I think about that, when you think about that, all of those things that are part of the cross, the loss, as we would say in the military, the ash and the trash stuff, what it truly represents. The summation of my life, the summation of your life is crosses and losses. It's ash and trash. And if you're holding on to something right now because of your pride, because you don't see it as ash and trash, or cross or losses, you are wrong, my friend. Because what that means is you're not truly experiencing the peace that God wants you to have right now. Because you're not focusing on those things that are excellent and that are praiseworthy. And you're missing out on the peace that God wants you to have. The peace that God wants you to maintain. Because the only way that you and I can truly live for Jesus the way that God wants us to live is to think about those things that are praiseworthy and excellent. And I can't think of a more wonderful time than to begin that process every moment of your day from now on thinking about this Passion Week, thinking about how it began. And we'll talk a little bit next week as we kind of rush through all of those days when we end at the resurrection, which is what we are all about as followers of Jesus Christ. Because if the resurrection did not take place, if that event was not reality, then you and I better go and believe something else because we're just wasting our time. And it is an all and none, all or none. You either believe it or you don't. You can't take a partial event and say, I believe this, that makes sense, I, can't, I don't believe this. You have to take all of what the Word of God says as an all or none proposition. Because it transcends something that goes beyond us because you see it is supernatural. I think we can understand natural events that take place. We can understand humanity and how it interacts. We can understand the politics. We can understand the feelings. We can, all, we can stand all the emotions, all of the conflict, all the politics, all of those things that take place during Passion Week. We understand that because it's something natural that we can comprehend, that we can see, that we can understand. But when we get to the supernatural, the things that extend beyond what we can believe in because of our finite being. When we think about Lazarus being raised from the dead, when we think about what that meant, that supernatural miracle that took place, the supernatural miracles that Christ had been doing to identify himself as being the Son of God, as being the Messiah, The Pharisees believed it because 
They were plotting to have him killed because they thought that that would take care of the problem. So think about that. They were believing what he was doing supernaturally because what were they afraid of? What were they fearing if what he had been doing was not real, was not provable? Have you ever think about that? Why were they taking such action against him if there was not proof about what he was doing was supernatural and the healings that he was taking place the casting out of demons from people the things that he was saying and he would preach during this Passion Week in the temple because he went in in a triumphal entry he went into the temple he took care of kicked out all the money changers all of the rotten things that was going on inside the temple he came back the next day and he preached. For the first time, truth was preached in the temple, being the Messiah, being the Anointed One. And that's something that you and I need to consider and think about within our own lives. The peace that God wants to have. Understanding that we are to think about those things that are excellent, those things that are praiseworthy the blessings that He has given to each and every one of our lives, the many things that we just praise God for every day. Because that is what gives us the peace that God wants us to have. That is what gives us the peace that transcends all of our human understanding. Those are the things in which we think about those things. We are able to guard our hearts and our minds and our feelings and they become centered on what we believe in. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So it is my hope and prayer that when we think about Passion Week and all the things that it represents, that the focus of all of that is for you and I to have that peace within our lives, the assurance that God wants us to have in all things. It's all about peace. Amen. Please take a few moments as we look at our lives and we examine the things that we need to give up the things that are reminded within our lives that are truly garbage, dung, manure, ash and trash, all of those things, the losses and the crosses that we hold on to that says, ah, it doesn't matter to anything. And it really doesn't. We need to let those things go. We need to let the past go. We need to live for today in the peace that God wants us to have. We can't control any of those things. We can't control people. We can only look at our own lives and say, God, here I am. Take me as I am. Love me and keep me the way that you want me to be. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you do love us the way that we are. 
all of our imperfections, all of our personality traits. God, you know of all of those things. God, forgive me for not focusing on those things that have not been praiseworthy and excellent within my life. Forgive me for focusing on the crosses and the losses that I've had. And focusing on those things have determined the attitude that I've had towards others and towards you, God. Forgive me, Lord. Help me to focus on only those things that are excellent and that are praiseworthy so I can have the peace, so I can have the joy that you want me to have. And Lord, we thank you for this time of communion that we have together, the time that we've had for worship. In Christ's name, amen. took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake together in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake together Our closing hymn is number 319, Near the Cross. Yeah.